Welcome to Life in the Cloud, the official podcast of Tuple Technologies. Join us each week to hear from experts in cloud migration and IT management as we talk about the latest technologies and trends in cloud and other exciting new developments in tech. Hey everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Life in the Cloud. I'm your host, Chris Reddy, and today I'm joined by Vivek Kumar from CrowdStrike. Vivek is the Director of Global Alliances. Vivek, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for the opportunity. Happy to be here. Awesome. So Vivek, the first question I always like to ask, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get to be the Director of Global Alliances at CrowdStrike? So uh, to tell you how I became, let's say, Global Alliance Director, I have to tell you my little bit of career journey. So it will be long answer. So needless to say, you can tell by my voice or my thick accent. I'm an immigrant. I came here in 2000. My initial job was I was a software developer. So career is like a you know a path. I got into that. And then when I landed in the US, I was hired as a consultant, as a sales engineer. And that's where you know, my interest in the sales started. So I, I started my career as a, a CRM consultant, to be honest with you. And I did lots of database migration and the UI migration from one version to other version. But as the luck will have it, I ran into dot-com bust. And it's really hard to even find a job and especially being an H1B holder. Then I moved into engineering side, then did lots of engineering roles. And then I did the engineering roles at the company called you know, Amdocs. Web method, which got acquired by you know software AG, and then I also I did a startup called Marketo, which turned out to be good. That's where I learned most. To tell you the truth, I landed at Equinix, and Equinix was the place I decided to move towards the let's call it a dark side or sales side. And I started my venture into the business development, and then I decided, hey, you know what? There is a little bit of fun of having a sales quota and whatnot and getting crazy at the end of the quarter when you don't meet your revenue. No pun intended. But then I moved towards the totally, you know, partner sales slash alliance side from BD to, you know, this side. And it has been very rewarding, I will tell you. And not to sound cliche, I heard Steve Jobs' commencement speech, which is very popular at Stanford. He said that you can always connect the dot looking backward. So having a technical background and, and also within the technical background, I, I forgot to mention when I was doing the technical aspect, I was running the digital marketing. So I understand that marketing aspect or marketing technology aspect. So having those two backgrounds really helps me to do BD slash alliance slash partners. Because end of the day, you have to bring two beautiful solutions and think about how you can solve the customer problem. So these all experiences helped me. And I really enjoy alliances and the partner sales role. In my previous experience, I get to do AWS Alliance where I build up from the ground up. And it was a very rewarding experience working with the various team connects. And then I moved to CrowdStrike where I currently work. My role is very similar. Here also, I lead AWS Alliance globally and work with the team to drive our joint solutions for our customer. Very cool. Now, I do want to dig in more about your current role at CrowdStrike. But first, I want to hear more about the company CrowdStrike. Obviously, it's a really big company these days. Most people have heard of it. But just to get us all on the same page, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the company, when and why it was founded, and what exactly is the product? 
So as you know, we have become like a household name for cybersecurity. That's what the people know. And you asked how this company got started. So there is a story behind it, which I also learned. So company got started in 2011. And the story goes this, my CEO, and he was the executive at, I will not take the name of the company, but it's a public information, you know, you, anybody can know. But the point is, he was traveling. And in the plane, what he noticed that his fellow passenger, he booted the laptop and literally he has to wait for 10 to 15 minutes for machine to boot up. And when the machine was booting up, the antivirus software was in the launching. So just to have antivirus software kick in, the end user has to wait. And at that time, like the aha moment came in his mind that there has to be a better way of protecting those endpoints or user devices. And then he went on starting a company called CrowdStrike in 2011. And from beginning, his vision was to build a cloud-native, cloud-scale cybersecurity company. So the way you know, I understand and the way the market understand, we created a new category of the next-gen antivirus. That's where the company started, replacing the you know, old traditional players. So that's where the company got started. And then we are the right now, as we speak, leader on endpoint security. We, we play in a various you know, college segment. And also we have a very formidable you know, product to secure the cloud infrastructure as well. I see. I see. That anecdote you mentioned about the CEO for the now CEO in the airplane, he saw someone's laptop boot up, took some time, and it took time for the antivirus software to boot up. So with mm-hmm. the problem in that time between the laptop turning on and the, the antivirus turning on, so to say, or booting up, there is a gap in the security of that device. Was that the issue? And then did uh, CrowdStrike's product solve that problem? So CrowdStrike, what he noticed is the user experience of it. And since he was in that space, he also realized why that, let's say, antivirus is taking that much of time to boot up because it's downloading all the signatures or trying to download, I'm sure, in the plane 2011. I'm not sure whether they had a Wi-Fi connection or not, but now you can buy it when you travel. But the thing is, he totally understood that how it impacts the user experience and hence users. You know, if I remember in 2011, if my machine is too slow, then the first thing I will do is just disable the antivirus. I think he tries to pinpoint on user experience. If you fix the user experience problem, then adoption of accepting the security solution will be easier. I think that's where I understand his, you know, aha moment. Especially nowadays, back in the day, if your computer is slow, just turn the antivirus off and it'll go faster. That's obviously a huge risk. And nowadays, with such prevalence of cyber attacks, you really should not be turning that thing off ever. (laughs) In fact, you should probably be getting more of it, (laughs) of antivirus I I hear you. And that's where I think what you're also touching upon in the cybersecurity industry is, right? There is a signature-based solution and there is, let's say, cloud-native or cloud-delivered solution. So signature-based solution means you are relying on, I don't know, lack of a better term, every day there is a repository of new threats because, you know, these bad guys are creating the new ways of attacking the infrastructure or end user. So if I have a signature base, then I, I don't know, based on my schedule, I will go and download it and make sure those type of attacks get prevented on the device. 
But if you have a cloud native, then it's like a, it's a real time, maybe in one minute, two minutes, and three minutes, depending on how agent is communicating to that real time threat. And that can be, you know, totally propagated. And that's where the user experience piece come. And that's what my CEO as a founding team, they decided to build that type of solution. Speaking more about uh, CrowdStrike as a company, now that it's so it's such a big and household name in, in cybersecurity, does it have, I would imagine it has a plethora of cybersecurity products. And do they all kind of, I'm not actually familiar with the software. I've, I've never personally used the software, at least maybe in an embedded fashion. Can you tell me more about the product suite that CrowdStrike has? So I will try to explain that in the terms of, let's say, infrastructure you have at any customer place. So think about this. You have, if you can imagine, if you go to any customer, let's talk at enterprise, they have two types of infrastructure in a very broad level, on-prem or cloud-based. If cloud-based can be anything, it can be AWS. Since I do AWS, let's call it AWS or any cloud, right? So now... When it comes to on-prem, you can have a various type of devices. It can be phone, it can be servers, it can be laptops, workstation, even your virtual machines or IoT devices. And when it comes to cloud, definitely you have AWS, any SaaS solution or any private cloud. If you are a larger enterprise, maybe sitting in any you know, co-location or data center facility. So what we have is, as I was telling you, that we have a sensor. We call it a Falcon. That's our platform name, that platform. And the beauty of our product is the same sensor, which will work on your laptop, exactly the same sensor will work on EC2 instance, if you follow me. And the best part is, as I said, it is built cloud native and cloud delivered. So let's say if customer has, now they decided to buy 100 of our, you know, let's say licenses for their laptop. I'm making it up. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow they have, they decided to buy EC2 instance, tens of it. This sensor can scale just like a customer buying an EC2 instance. You don't need to do reboot. Let's say on-prem side, after 100 laptop, they decide to go and add 20 more servers. You don't need to worry about restarting, whatnot. This sensor just scales. So that's that. So you got a sensor sitting on the infrastructure on the top of it. And that's where, you know, we call it, Crowd strike thread graph. This is our brain of our product. This is the most consolidated real-time threat intelligence engine. And this is the way we use to protect our customers. And then on the top of it, so you got the agent, then you have a thread graph. And on top of it, we have various modules. So if you need to secure, let's say, on-prep, then we have four or five modules to offer. Then we have cloud security model. We have identity management module, but end of the day, they all are using our threat intelligence graph or security cloud, also we call it, and driving the insight to help the customer. So another way I will put it, let's say if you bought an iBot, if you are, let's say, attacked by cyber criminal, immediately I also have insight and I will protect myself. So it's like a network effect we are creating. And that's the beauty of our product. That network effect is happening and we are utilizing that intelligence to enrich everybody's protection shield back up return. So I hope I make sense. Yeah. So that's where you know product is built. That's interesting. There's a lot of it's complex, but it's also simple. 
if that makes sense. There's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of technical moving pieces to make something like that work, at least in the way you explained it. I, I think I, I understand it well. Vivek, I, I do want to spend a fair amount of time talking about an interesting question. I, I think it's interesting regarding strategy for cybersecurity companies. To, to lay a little groundwork, most, at least the founders, the CEOs, and the people that I've talked to on this podcast over the past weeks and months, when I ask them about strategy, they often say the way to figure out what our company should be doing next is talking to customers, figuring out what the customers want so we can adapt our product to meet their needs next year and whatnot, and also market research. Now, for a cybersecurity company, do you guys do the same thing when determining the strategy? How do you go about doing like product management and stuff like that at CrowdStrike? I know you don't work in product management specifically, but I'm hoping you might have a little bit of insight here. I'm not a product manager, but I can see the progression of the way I look at it is the infrastructure, where it's going. So think about this. Our evolution of company also tells that story. So as I was telling you, we got started, uh, there's an industry term called endpoints. If you talk to any cloud person, endpoint is nothing. It's sitting on the on-prem. For me, it's, a, it's like an interchangeable term. So the way we, we look at it, right now we have a solution for endpoint. That's where we got started. We are the leaders and whatnot. If you like those Gartner guys or Forrester, they will tell you we are the leaders. And now as infrastructure is progressing from on-prem to the cloud, who knows? We have now connected carbons. I'm, let's make it very broadly, IoT devices and whatnot coming to, right? So as infrastructure is progressing, our solution is also progressing depending on the growth or evolution of infrastructure. So we started on-prem and then the cloud. Now, within the cloud now, we look at the way our product management, how people are utilizing that infrastructure to build the solution. Today, you can go and build VMware-based application or let's say virtualization. Let's not bring VMware. Let's say virtualization-based solution. Or if you want to build the cloud native, then you are building using containers, Kubernetes, or you're using OpenShift and whatnot. The point is, based on how developers and the infrastructures, you know, developers are building the application, we are also thinking about expanding the capabilities. And then on the top of it, which is what differentiate us among our competitors, we also track the behavior of adversary, we use the term, which are the bad guys. And when we say these bad guys, we are not talking about those PT criminals. We are talking about nations attackers. We hear Russia, you know, North Korea. And based on their behavior also, we think about how to build the capability, how to add the intelligence to our system. So, so that's where I will, I'll put it on a very broad level. It's an infrastructure progression and then how the adversaries are, you know, behaving. Yeah. The world has changed the pandemic. It used to be work from home. Now it's called work from anywhere. So that has brought another aspect. So let's call it an environmental aspect. So these are the critical factors, thinking about how to go and build a security solution to solve those yeah. problems. Thanks for uh, sharing that information. I was Recently, I just happened to be thinking of my background, at least educationally, is in international relations. A subset of that could be national security, and then a subset of that would be cyber attacks. The world of cyber attacks is mostly states attacking private companies or private organizations. Right. Namely, it's mostly Russia and China. 
I figured if you're going to do strategy for a company, like a cybersecurity company, you can focus on what exactly, you, in fact, I want to use your words, understanding, you're tracking the behavior of the adverse actors, doing research into the threat. And I would imagine in a cybersecurity company, that would be incredibly valuable. Does that, I'm not sure how much insight you would have into this. How exactly do you guys go about conducting research about the behavior of these actors? So I do not have much insight how they do it, but we know this. We have a separate, call it a lack of better term, a business unit or product unit. We call it threat intel, where the team is always researching. What I know, they also go and look into dark web, what's going on. I'm sure they have some method to the madness. But the end of the day is these all informations are available to our customer who are buying our product. So for example, we sell a product called Overwatch. It's literally the best in the world you can get, the best in, in the industry. These guys are threat hunter. They go and find those guys. So you can buy that service. They will provide you definitely service along with the knowledge base as well. So that's the way we do it. So we have a dedicated team who is doing the research. And sometimes we publish papers. For example, my company publishes this state of security report every year comes out where we rate, we track, I think if I'm not wrong, 19 and 20, you know, nation uh, actors. And it's, it's just public information. Anybody can download and, you know, get educated about it. Very cool. I think that's going to be something I'll, I'll look into on my own time. I want to uh, ask you a little bit more about exactly what your role is to, as director sure. of Global Alliances. What exactly does that entail? The first thing that comes to mind is managing all your partnerships. What more is there to that? Again, it depends on the, how the company has a structured role. I will give you the example what I have done in recent years. Definitely more we talk about the CrowdStrike. So at the CrowdStrike, I'm managing only one partner, AWS. So this is the global responsibility. And if I have to really break it down to make it you know, clear to your audiences, let's say my role has four big components. One is the sales. So it's a sales role. So you know, without that, you cannot survive. So I have uh, numbers to me every quarter. So that's aspect. And the way I, we use the term called selling with AWS because I'm managing the you know, AWS, selling with AWS seller and selling with my seller. The second aspect is the business development. So business development means, hey, what are the services I can take from AWS side? What are the services? Match it together and then go and try to solve for the customer problem. So thinking a little bit ahead, what we can do. The third aspect is go to market. So let's say if I build something, then how I should go about executing it, educating my sellers, AWS seller, which market I should pick, which market I should not pick, thinking about that. And then working with my marketing team to build the collateral and go about you know, executing. And the last one is, which is always, it's not a very exciting, is managing the relationship. Because at the end of the day, you have to make sure that partner relationship is very crucial. Your executive, in this case, I deal with AWS. So they are also you know, a very popular company, least to say. So making sure all kind of alignment is there to get you the right support to drive the business together from executive all the way up to sales and the product. So that's where I look at it, my role, and it's pretty fun. It seems like there's a good variety of things I would imagine you're doing every day and every week, all the way from sales to the marketing, 
the go-to-market side, managing of interpersonal relationships and the, the business development side that keeps things interesting. Can you tell me more about maybe we're getting into like confidential stuff, so we don't have to go into too much detail, but tell me more about the relationship you guys have with AWS. So the relationship is very strong. These are the public information. We drive lots of business together because we have, I mean, here I might sound biased, but since I work at CrowdStrike, I take pride of it. We have the best security solution. AWS, has, they are the leader in crowd. So if you combine these two, we can secure the cloud for any customer if they're thinking about adopting. Hence, it's a natural, and we don't generally compete. We complement each other's solution because if you think from the CIO or CISO perspective, their biggest concern to go to the cloud, let's say in this case, AWS cloud is security. And we are solving that problem, starting from on-prem all the way up to the cloud. So you can imagine from the sales motion perspective, our relationship is very complementary. We both are cloud native. Cloud native is anyway, AWS is the cloud and we are totally cloud native, cloud scale company. That's where our origin started. So there is no conflict there. It's not like that. We started as an on-prem solution and we are trying to revitalize ourselves as a cloud solution. So there are lots of synergy. I tend to believe we are still a very young company. So we, we are hungry. We always think about how to go and build these two solutions together to serve our customer or solve our customer security problem in an efficient manner. So these are the you know, things. I'm very happy to say you know, we do a good amount of business together, but still the sky is the limit. A lot more to do. I would imagine the partnership would be very natural between you two. Obviously, AWS is the cloud. And your product is, is cloud native. A lot of people want it. I would imagine that's a natural partnership. I want to ask, you just mentioned the sky's the limit. What's in the future for both CrowdStrike as a company and I guess the relationship between CrowdStrike and AWS? That's right. So in many ways, you have to look at it, right? The very first thing is, I think sky's the limit part is how we can help the CIO CISO to have a confidence that when they transform into AWS, the security is not their headache. Put it simply, that's where the biggest money is. I remember Andy Jassy, when he was CEO of AWS at that time, I think in the reinvent his share, still 97% of workload are on-prem. So there's a huge sky's a limit part on the just helping customer to migrate to the AWS or the cloud because our solution is Cloud neutral, it, it can work on Azure and other side. But yes, bringing my selfish side, since I manage AWS, I would love to get most of them into AWS, right? Another aspect is, as I was telling you, I tend to believe just from my side is getting into different aspect of infrastructure. So IoT, who knows? I'm just here, I'm becoming a futuristic. So IoT device, we all know how to secure that device. But now I was thinking when I saw Tesla video, maybe who knows, we need to even secure the humanoids. So the point I'm trying to make is wherever you have these type of interfaces, I'm sure AWS will have some, some aspect to it. If I think from the partner sales perspective, we want to be part of AWS or, or along with AWS to provide that security posture. That's where I'll put it. I remember you mentioning just earlier that the kind of the, the way the project management of CrowdStrike works is as infrastructure evolves, there will be new gaps that arise kind of sure. inevitably. And then just following that logic, 
Crowd Cycle will always have something to do, always have a new products coming out to fill those gaps. That's right. Another thing I will also highlight is, you know, these are more on the practitioner perspective. In security arena, you will hear alert fatigue. If you put the lack of better term agent or sensor, you can get all kinds of alert. And that drives, you know, security engineer crazy. So another problem to solve where the sky is the limit, right, from practitioner perspective is which one is the right alert where I should act on, which one I should not act on. And that's a big problem to solve. So those type of problem we tend to solve. We are working on it. We have done one acquisition called Humio. They are big on log management. So, so the point I'm trying to make is as a practitioner, you know, for the security practitioner, these are the important things, the problem to solve. And I'm sure we will have some solutions there as well. Interesting. I want to ask you, I, I want to open up the floor to you a little bit more and, and see if anything in particular you, you want to bring up, anything that I didn't ask you that, that you wish I asked you. So two ways I look at it. One thing I will tell them is as a fellow professional, you can only connect the dots looking backward. And I'm a big believer of it because I have seen in my career, as I was telling you. So one thing I want to share is whatever you're doing, it will never get wasted if you really enjoy it. And you will see in the future how those things can help you. With my career as an experiment, I started in the technical area, did a little bit of marketing technology, and it really, really helps me to do the alliance. And I was telling you, alliance has a partner sales or alliance management has all this aspect of it just to kind of, because everything is technology now, right? So it's not about just the messaging. You have to think about how the solution can work and integrate together. So that part, I would like to share with your audience one more time, that aspect of it. And another thing I will tell you that the way I understand the cybersecurity, right? A strategy, not to sound CISO, I'm not that much educated, but I have my point of view. The problem to solve is not only technology, it's the process and the people also. It sounds simple. It's not easy. I want to share with any security practitioner, they definitely need a good technology, but at the same time, it has to be part of day-to-day rigor. And that's where the process and the people comes into the play. So I want to underscore that as well, that just don't go in the greatest and you know latest because there are lots of good solutions out there, I hope. Your audience will choose our product, but product can do that much as long as their processes and the people are not ready to adopt it and use it. So I want to be very you know, honest about things as a fellow professional so that they're taking the best advantage of it. The first thing you mentioned, and actually the first thing we actually talked about was, was your background. You did remind me, I want to dig a little bit more into that and ask, now that you work in specifically in partnerships, but you had sales, business development, marketing, and before that, as a software dev, how has the software, the technical background, the experience as, as a dev, how has that helped you as in, in sales and marketing and in partnerships? Very good question. And I think I can go. So let's break it down, right? Okay. So let's first talk about my software development or software engineering background. So let's say, for example, we are talking about here, I want to be a little bit, you know, example related. Let's say our product, and I'm here making it up. Uh, let's say we are thinking about EKS, which is AWS Kubernetes service. For us to think about just from the logical level, how these two products will work, anybody has to have understanding of what cloud native means, what is the difference, 
of doing cloud native versus the monolithic application. And especially when you have done, you have seen the challenges. I remember those days when your application is down, you have a P1 and how bad you feel. So when you're thinking about building the integration, then you can be a very, how to say, useful or contributing member when your product management is thinking about how to do the integration. Then you can bring those aspects, understand in a better manner so that you can build the right story, keeping the customer in the mind because you have lived that life. So that's what I'm trying to tell you is it comes, I have heard people saying, and I feel also sometimes it's very natural for me to kind of understand the technical aspect of it. And I enjoy it also because I have background and I like to know a little bit technical. That does not mean I'm a coder now, but still that aspect. Then other aspect happened in my career is I was able to, I was doing the digital marketing from technology side. So it helps with my marketing aspect of it. So all this marketing term, you will hear campaigns, attribution, lead, nurturing, blah. Sometimes, to be honest, I keep my marketing team honest if they try to shy away with things. So that's the way, you know, it has helped. So that's what I was trying to tell you is we don't realize lots of experiences in our life, how it will come to play to help you even more. You will not know until it's you get into those type of situations. Interesting. Vivek, we're running low on time. We still have some time, but we're running low. Is there anything else, any maybe any interesting recent projects you've been working on or anything else you'd like to discuss with us? I mean, it's interesting projects. I will tell you because it relates to my job. I'm really trying to understand Kubernetes security and the biggest challenge which I have, maybe it's a very tactical thing, how to tell that story to my customers, especially the customers who are very early into the journey. In the evening time, you know, whenever I have half hour, 45 minutes, because I have a young kid, I watch some YouTube videos or read some articles. First, I have to educate myself. What are the latest and greatest in Kubernetes and what is happening? And then how to weave the CrowdStrike story in it. So I can make it explain to my sellers, AWS sellers, and the customer in a very simplistic manner that we have a good solution to offer. So that's the recent project I'm involved in right now. Yeah, very good. Continuous education. That's always good. I do want to ask one more question, and that's... Please, please. What's in the future for the cybersecurity industry? From my experience, and I, maybe I'm repeating myself, two ways I look at it. The progression of, call it a infrastructure, and behavior of adversary. And I think those things will drive... Because underneath, you know, there are lots of moving parts. Don't get me wrong. There's a network. There's a data. We don't, we as a company don't deal with the data security. So I, I'm not the right person to, but the thing is, these are the two kind of, a, I call it just in my mind. It's my opinion might be wrong, are kind of a guardrail. And as things are progressing, there will be lots of opportunities to fix those security holes because these criminals will get savvy and savvier. They will have a new way of doing the harm. And we all have to be smart enough to adjust to those bad savviness. Again, because you, in this industry, you have to use the term, you have like a red team and a blue team. That will never end. But there's a lot of this game, so to say, has been played out in a lot of other simulations. And I'm sure there's a lot of game theory that can be applied. And one more thing, you know, it comes to my mind is if you think from the enterprise perspective, they all are user of multi-cloud. There might be one or two primary cloud, but there are some. And then we are not even counting the on-prem. So how you do this hybrid 
slash multi-cloud security posture management in a right and effective manner, I think that's where I will say that lots of progress has to be made. Managing this multi-cloud infrastructure where there has to be, I don't know, that soon the time will come, your app is running in AWS, data is in, I don't know, lack of better term, in GCP, you know, something is running in. But at the same time, as a security professional, you're sitting and you can, you know, manage, have a visibility. At the same time, you can interchange. If you, if you think, you know, some side, I'm making it very simplistic, but that multi-cloud management of security posture is going to be the, you know, key thing. Interesting. Well, Vivek, thank you so much for being here. This has been an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed learning about, about yourself, about the company CrowdStrike, the industry. Very interesting industry. It's always evolving. The stakes are very high, as we've all seen in recent times. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for answering my questions. And thanks for the conversation. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you found some value in this episode of Life in the Cloud. If something we said today resonated with you, please rate, subscribe, and download our podcast and share this episode on social media with your network. You can continue the conversation with us on LinkedIn by tagging Chris Reddy, at Chris-Reddy. That's at K-R-I-S-R-E-D-D-Y in a comment or by sending a direct message. We look forward to hearing from you.